Hello, and thank you for listening to this message from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join youth pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. Good morning again, River of Life Church. I think it's, it's, always, it's always good to have a one word name, kind of like Cher or Prince, you know, it's easy, it's easy to remember Blackie, it, it, it really is, um, but no, I get that nickname, uh, it's funny that, that Henry brings that up, I get that from when I played college baseball, on my college baseball team, we had a white, a green, and a black whale, so it was whitey, greeny, and blackie, and we weren't very good, but we had good nicknames, so, <laughs> in the spirit of celebration, I kind of want to just keep that ball rolling this morning, thank you for honoring the graduates and for your applause, man. That's just really awesome. We're celebrating with praise and worship. We're certainly celebrating with a homecoming service coming up this week. And I want to do a little celebrating here myself. And as a church, I would ask you to join me in boasting in the Lord just for a minute. You know, if we do boast, we are called to boast in the Lord. And we're going to do just that here in a second. But let me give you a little bit of background. When the staff came to me and they asked me to be a full-time youth pastor. They even gave me a salary to do what I do. And it's shocking sometimes when Michelle and I joke about it. It's like, I can't believe that they, they give me money to do what I do because we're very, very passionate about it. We take it very seriously. And not only did they make me the full-time youth pastor, they even asked me to become a board member here at this church. It only took eight years for me to get the invite. But now... But now, I, you know, they were testing me out. But now I am a, uh, I'm a board member, and I'm proud to serve on this board. As somebody who wasn't on the board, I can tell you that I really didn't know much about it. And I wasn't sure if it was just something where guys got together, ate a little bit, talked just a little bit. But I can tell you, of the three meetings that I have attended, your church board is all about handling God's business the right way. There are some men. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There are men that serve on this board, the way that they answer difficult questions or they deal with transgressions that have occurred. It is amazing to watch the way that things get solved in the boardroom. It really is. And it is simply from God. And I'm proud to be a member of that board. I really am. One of my brothers during our last meeting brought up as we were discussing finances of the church, specifically mission money that we distribute from River of Life Church, he brought up that, you know what would be a good idea, board, is if we were a little bit more transparent in what we do with our mission. We need to be telling the congregation, hey, this is where your money is going. This is where the poor box money is going. And he's absolutely right. Transparency is a great thing. We have a church that is not only debt-free, but we have a church that is full of givers and tithers. And I'm going to boast a little bit in the Lord about where God's money that he has given to you is coming through God's church. And it's being done to do God's work. All right. That's what we're going to talk about. Now, keep in mind, 
with a church this size, there's a certain amount of money that comes in and we just have to take care of the facilities, right? We've got to do some cleaning. We've got to buy supplies. There's salaries. There's a bunch of things that are just part of normal operating costs that comes with the overhead of a church this size. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm not here to talk about buying magic markers and Windex and stuff like that. Let's talk about some God things. Are you ready to boast in the Lord? Let's do it. Let's do it. The poor box. These little guys right here, thus far in 2021, they have generated $4,800. $4,800. Here's the beauty of it. Not only have they generated $4,800, $4,800 has gone through our office and then it has gone right back into the community and to our church members. $4,800. Now, let me tell you where that money goes. A lot of it is used for food. For feeding needy families. A lot of it comes in the nature of a love offering. Somebody needs a love offering. They're sick. They're down on their luck. Rent is another thing that the love offerings go through from the poor box. Paying somebody's rent or helping with their mortgage. Car repair. Home repair. Almost $5,000 out of these little bitty boxes. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. God's money is being blessed is being used to bless our church and our local community. And I think that deserves a round of applause. <clears throat> this is so fun. In 2021 thus far, let's talk about foreign missions and domestic missions here at home. $42,000 has been given to our church has been designated to the missions field, has gone out of our office and onto the mission field. $42,000 in less than five months. That's a lot of coin. Okay. Let's hit some of the highlights of who we support locally and here domestically. The Wakulla Pregnancy Support Center. We back at River of Life. We back them so much, they are on a monthly draw of monies from our church, the Pregnancy Support Center. Radical Restoration Ministries is also on a monthly draw to receive support from River of Life Church. If you don't know much about Radical Restoration Ministries, just know this. They restore former prostitutes and women that sold their bodies and they bring them back to the Lord and show them his love, his grace, and his mercies. And they restore them. That's what you're supporting. Recently, River of Life has begun to, pa to partner with Pastor Emmanuel Sargent of Central Point Church in Thomasville, Georgia. So just right up the road. Pastor Sargent's church is a former nightclub, if you can believe it, right? Only River of Life could get involved with a church that's a former nightclub. I've been there. It's a massive place. He's got a ton of square feet. It was kind of a wreck when I was there, and I was like, Lord, it's going to take you to make this place a place of worship. I'm going to tell you. But through River of Life donating sound equipment, AV equipment, flooring, financial support, Several men of our church have provided labor and gone up there and done God's work. The church has been open for two weeks now. This is their third Sunday today. They've had 15 lives saved already. 
So that's hitting on some of our local ministries that we support, that you support. Let's talk about foreign missions. Sandor Angel for Columbia, a longtime recipient of funds and support from River of Life Church. Recently, we had Billy Banks that spoke here. River of Life, again, a big supporter of Billy Banks, his school of ministry in South Africa. Steve Osimbi receives support for his church and his school of ministry in Kenya. And he also has a prison ministry that we support. We're going to show you a picture of him just in a second. Chaco Thomas receives monthly support from this church as he does God's work down in Mexico. Paul, I'm so glad you're here today. I wouldn't feel right discussing these numbers about foreign missions without you sitting here. I tip my hat to you because thank you very much. I tip my hat for you because of the heart that you have for missions. And I'm going to tell you real quick, and I'm going to show you a picture too about what our brother Paul Beeman has brought to our attention. And our church staff and our church board got behind this vision because they know it to be true. And Pastor Akram in Pakistan... With the help of River of Life, coordination through our staff, our board, and Paul Beeman has given out 3,000 Bibles in Pakistan since God partnered River of Life with Pastor Akram. 3,000 Bibles. Okay, that's a lot. (laughs) And last but not least, one near and dear to my heart, River of Life continues to support the Guatemala feeding program in remote villages just outside of a small town called San Andreas Itzapa. And we're going to see a photo of that here in just a minute. But man, what a remarkable local missions and foreign missions that God has birthed in this church. And you guys are such a part of it. Now, I think we can all agree that stats and numbers, I mean, those, those, are, those are great. You guys want to take a look at the photos? Let's see what you're really doing. How about the first one? Mm-mm-mm. This is Steve Osimbi in Kenya. He's baptizing members of his local community in a secret location, mind you, in order to avoid arrest by local police. This is not allowed where Steve conducts his ministry. This very day in that muddy water, that looks a little bit different than the baptism behind me, don't you agree? On this very day, our brother that you helped support baptized 15 people on that very day. On that day. Keep this in mind, too. I should have probably prefaced my remarks just a moment ago. When we partner with somebody in their missions, we in no way tell them how to run their ministry. We don't do that. We don't ask for proof. We don't. But it's nice when it comes in, right? It really is to be able to see what you are able to make happen through the Lord. How about the next photo? Here is our Guatemala feeding program that I absolutely am a part of. I've been a part of for about 10 years. I've been in this very home with this very woman. And I cannot tell you how awesome it is to feed God's people who literally have no other way of getting it. No other way of getting it. How about the next slide, please? And you don't know this young lady, but this is Inma. I've known Inma for a decade now. I've watched her grow from a four-year-old to a 14-year-old. 
Her mother, if you remember the last time that I spoke, she is the one that rode over on her infant child and killed her. Emma's mother passed away not long ago. And other than being a little dirty and being a little untidy, she's healthy, she's happy, and she's growing. And that, in large part, is due to the people that I'm staring at right now. It is. It is. Let me let you in on a little bit of uh, currency exchange, if you will. When we give to our Guatemala feeding program, which goes directly to our American counterpart over there just outside of Guatemala City, $500 feeds 50 families for a period of one week. Let me say that again. 500 of God's dollars that come through you and through our church office feed a family for an entire week, 50 families at a time. Thank you for your heart on that. Man, this last photo, I have literally saved the best for last. Paul Beeman might get up on those nasty legs of his with his new hip and all that. He might start shouting here. How about this next photo? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> These three ladies right here, they are leader in Pastor Akram's church. They host local Bible study groups and they witness to others. Get this river of life. At nighttime, in order to hide from the local police and those that would persecute them, they conduct their business under the cloak of darkness. Only God can use a small church in Crawfordville, Florida, and help facilitate Bible distribution to Pakistan and help empower women to spread the gospel in a war torn country. Only God can do that. Here's another statement. ISIS and the Taliban and other extremist groups, hear me when I say this, they really hate this photo right here. They hate it. Not only are they holding a Bible that has been translated into their native language, right, that we've given out more than 3,000 of these through Pastor Akram and his partnership, but we've got women doing the work. We've got women doing the work. Currently, River of Life is on pace to contribute roughly $130,000 in 2021. That's the pace that we're on to foreign and domestic missions. I was speaking with a dear brother of mine this past week as I called several of the board members and several of my friends in church as I prepped my heart for this message. My brother asked me the most interesting question. He said, is River of Life healthy financially because we strive to be givers? Are we healthy financially? Are we debt-free? Are we pouring $130,000 into a foreign mission field, domestic mission field? Are we doing that because we're financially healthy? Or are we financially healthy because we give? The answer is yes to both, right? River of Life is healthy financially because we strive to be givers and because we give. We give. That is River of Life's hearts. Now, switching gears to my message right now, I want to speak to my graduating seniors. I want to speak to my young adults. I want to speak to my adults. And I'd really, really like to speak to my senior adults. And what I want to talk about today as I was prepping again this message, what could I tell the kids that they're not getting in school? What truth could I impart 
upon them on this day. What could I tell them? They haven't already been told, and they're not learning from Snapchat, Instagram, and their iPhone. I want to talk today about God's economy, and I want to talk about the world's economy, okay? I think we've just had some really nice stats, and we just had some good moments where we were sharing in love, and we were boasting about God's economy. I mean, if you're a believer in this house, you're a member of River of Life, or you're just joining us today as a guest, God's economy is real. Those photos make it real. And don't get me wrong. They make it real. But God's economy is real because what he does, he does, does so much with so little and is such a giver that it literally, he just manifests himself over and over and over again to our church, to myself, to my family, and to my friends. God's economy versus the world's economy. I'm sure that Pastor Henry could speak on this a little bit better than I could. But I've never really understood why churches are hesitant to talk about money. I've even been a visitor at a church before. And the pastor, before he gets into his tithing, before he gets into his giving sermon, he says, if you're visiting with us today, let me apologize. Because we're going to talk about money today. Come back next week. We'll talk about faith. We'll talk about discipleship and prayer. But today we're going to talk about money. So I'm sorry you're kind of here on a bad day. I've heard it. I've heard it at a church that I attended in Smyrna, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. And as I've grown in my faith and I've grown in my walk, how awful that sounds to my ears. I mean, God gives us a blueprint. He gives us scripture in order to know how to handle his money. And God's economy works. Why would we ever apologize and stand in front of you guys today and say, hey, guess what? You guys are doing what God has asked you to do. You're tithers, you're givers. Many of you understand that it's just not 10% that, you know, the Lord, like 100% belongs to him. You're just very, very lucky he lets you keep 90. Right? I mean, those are the facts. But I've never understood it. And I promised if I ever got the platform to speak, that I would speak God's truth in a world that literally has messed up his economy. And we need to come back to it. Brother Keith Collins, a man that speaks here often, somebody that I really admire, he said something recently from this very stage. He said that church should not be a social setting where we sneak Jesus in. It's not a social setting where we get together, we have some coffee, maybe we talk about FSU football. Maybe we don't talk about FSU football. <laughs> But this is not a social setting where we just show up and we get dressed up and then we know we've got plans to eat afterwards. This is not a social setting where we just show up and we sneak Jesus in. First of all, that's not this church. If you are a guest here, you're in the wrong place if that's what you're looking for. Okay? And I applaud our leaders. I applaud those that are on this stage that refuse to sneak Jesus in. So I bring Keith's quote up. With the exact th same thing should be applied to how God's people manage the money that he blesses them with. Why would we have this money, th these finances, this blessing that he gives us, and just every now and then when it's convenient, we'll sneak God into our finances? Hmm. That's the first groan we got today. I like it. <laughs> but I tell you what's going to anger you here in a second. Okay? I have got some stats some money stats, and I don't want to talk about the world. We're not talking about Kenya or Pakistan or Guatemala. We are talking about the United States of America. All right? 
I've got some stats with you. I've got some stats to share with you about the worldly economy. Are you ready? You are not going to be pleased. But for the most part, you're not going to be surprised either. 75% of Americans, they live paycheck to paycheck. That means three out of four, and that would be this room included, okay? They live paycheck to paycheck. 50% of Americans have less than one month of their income saved for emergencies. That rainy day is going to happen. And as a country, we are ill-prepared for it. The average American owes $171,000 on their home, has $30,000 in vehicle debt, and in excess of $15,000 in credit card debt. Graduating seniors, parents of graduating seniors, listen to me on this one. Student loan debt is in excess of $1.2 trillion, and the average debt for a graduating senior is upwards of $50,000. That's $1.2 trillion with a T. Again, speaking to my young folks here, Citibank once spent $100 million just to market Visa credit cards to high schoolers and college students. My high school graduates here today, they can't wait to get their hands on you. So much so that many universities allow Visa and Chase and Citibank to set up shop right on campus, right outside of the administrative office. And here's what they're going to do for you, seniors, because they love you so much as you come in as freshmen. They're going to have this little T-shirt right here. And it's going to say FSU, Go Knowles, or, or FAMU, or University of Kentucky on it. And it's this cheap T-shirt that costs like $2 to make. And you get a free T-shirt if what? You sign up for their credit card at 18% interest. $100 million they have spent high school students to get their hands on you. They can't wait to watch you stumble. Nationwide, an estimate of only 5% of churchgoers actually tithe. 5%. Christians routinely give back to God 2.5% of their income. Routinely 2.5%. How about this stat? During the Great Depression, that same percentage was 3.3. So during the Great Depression, you had Christians during starvation, no jobs, struggling to find food. They were giving almost a full more percentage point than you currently do in the wealthiest nation on the face of the earth. The last bullet point I'll get to is America has... This mentality of me, 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 me. I've got to get mine. I want to stack my money up. I want all of this stuff. That's what's going to make me happy. Especially this fancy car that I pull up next to somebody to stoplight. I'm trying to oppress and I don't even know that person. That's what we do. Me, me, me. Dave Ramsey has a quote. It says, Americans want stuff we really can't afford and debt allows us to get it. And get it quickly. But in reality, debt is just a trap. It's a shortcut not worth taking. Debt gives us an illusion that we've reached the American dream. But since when did the American dream, hear me high schoolers, when did the American dream involve piles of credit card bills, student loans, and car payments? Hmm. You know, the folks in Texas, they, they refer to this mentality. It's one of my favorite uh, lines. They refer to this mentality. You've got all this stuff, but really you've had to use somebody else's money to get this stuff. Texans call that big hat and you got no cattle. 
Big hat, no cattle. That's what they call that. So I know what you're asking yourself. Hey, is he ever going to get to sharing some scripture about what God has to say about this? Absolutely. And here we go. Proverbs 21.20. And now normally, normally I use the NIV. That's normally the translation that I like. But Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. In many translations you'll read, A foolish man devours all that he has. But man, what a translation that is. Fools spend whatever they get. Before I proceed, I I do want to make a statement about debt. I want you to understand me clearly and understand my heart. That debt is not a salvation issue. It's just not. If you have given your life to Christ and you've professed him as Savior, your financial debt is not going to keep you from God's love. It is not going to keep you from his redeeming qualities. It is not going to keep him, keep you from his grace. Debt simply is not a salvation issue, okay? It's not. But what debt is, I want to show you a picture of what debt is and what it looks like. That's pretty funny, isn't it? Our baggage, our heavy load of debt, what it does, Christians, is it prohibits, it prohibits us from being an activated Christian. This is not an activated mule or a donkey. This is not. This is a donkey that is overwhelmed by the heavy burden and the heavy load that he has to carry. He is not an activated animal. And that's what debt will do to you as a Christian. It keeps you from being plugged in, from being on the go, from being an activated, fired up Christian. Additionally, it prohibits, from, it prohibits us from doing God's word. It does. It's such a burden that like the donkey in the photo, we don't have any traction. We have no contraction when our... <laughs> I'm sorry, that didn't sound right. We have no traction when our consumer debt is actually debt that consumes us. I'm going to say that again. You can't get traction like the donkey in the photo when our consumer debt simply consumes us. When it keeps you up at night. When it allows you to have multiple arguments with your significant other. Here's one that hurts a lot. When our children see us mishandle and continue to struggle financially, it's hard to get traction. When our consumer debt simply consumes us. Let's switch gears to the good stuff. Let's go from the worldly economy. Let's go now to God's economy. Proverbs 22, 7. Says the rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is the slave to the lender. Man, that's a rough scripture. The rich rule over the poor. And the borrower is slave to the lender. Church family, I want to be many things. I do. Even at my age, at 46, I strive to be things. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a loving father. I most assuredly want to be a better youth pastor. And I have dreams one day of being this highly skilled snowboarder. 
And I keep asking my wife, honey, will you get us a place in Aspen or Breckenridge or Telluride? And she continues not to listen. She doesn't think I'm very good, but I'm getting there. This is something that I want to be. Hear me. At no point do I want to be a slave to anyone or to anything. I don't. I am not going to be a slave to Wells Fargo Bank. I will not be a slave to Visa or MasterCard. Listen to high school seniors. I'm not going to be a slave. Not to a car payment, a boat payment. I would think about a boat payment. (laughs) But praise God, we don't make boat payments. I don't want to be a slave to anything else that incorporates a lender. I don't. I want to ask the house today. I want to ask the believers today. Do you believe that the God of the universe, that he allowed his son, his son who knew no sin, did he allow him to perish on the cross as the perfect sacrifice to pardon our sin just so we could in turn enslave ourselves in consumer debt and live way, way beyond our means to buy material items that are here today and that are trash tomorrow? Do you feel that the God of the universe said, I tell you what, I want, I've got this plan and I've got this perfect sacrificial lamb. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him die a brutal death on Calvary just so that my people 2000 years later could be consumed by their debt and be a slave to their personal finances. That is not his plan for my life. That is not his plan for your life. And I would encourage you fellow brothers and sisters, to preach that very message to anybody who has five seconds to hear it. That is not his plan for your life to be a slave to anything. God's economy is about breaking chains. His economy is about being a chain breaker. It's not locking them around your neck like a noose. God's economy is about giving. And it's about providing freedom. Our next verse that we're going to take a look at today, very well-known verse, often discussed, sometimes controversial, Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Wow. Hey, all right. Again, as I was preparing my message, uh, as I'm learning from my colleagues, hey, you know, Blackie, take a look at some other translations. See what other translations of the Bible have to say. Pastor Chuck put me on one from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and it reads this way. Try it, exclamation point. Try it. Put me to the test. I have two very subtle points to make about this piece of scripture. Two very subtle points. This is the only place found in the Bible. It is the only topic where God says, test me. Try me. Put me to the test and see how I perform. Did a lot of research on the internet. Spoke to men that have Step on this stage and speak. Do you know anywhere else? Is there anything? There is nowhere else 
or the God of the universe says, test me. Try me. I think you could go as far as to say that you're being dared to do it. Uh, Come on, somebody in the background. It works. I heard that. Praise God. Praise God. Put me to the test and see how I will perform. The the other point that I want to make, Pastor Henry and I were speaking in my office this past week about this very verse. And he made a point that I had to write down, as I often do when he when he speaks and, and has really good, you know, one-liners. I mean, man, he's got it going on. Here's, here's what the leader of River of Life Church, a man with some 50 years of experience in God's Word and preaching had to say about this specific scripture. He said, Blackie, when we talk about God saying, test me in this, How do we exaggerate that point? How do we exaggerate that point? How can you add on to the point where, again, our God says, test me in this? How do we add to it? Can we over-exaggerate it? How do we make that point enough? The fact of the matter is, you cannot exaggerate that point anymore. Test me in this. Try me. See if I will perform. Have you ever seen... The Christmas comedy, A Christmas Story, where little Ralphie wants the Red Ryder BB gun. That's a classic. There's a scene in there where little Ralphie and his buddy are having a verbal sparring session as to whether or not if you stick your warm tongue onto a cold metal object, it will indeed stay stuck. How many, I'm, I'm going to ask you to lie, t- I mean, tell on yourselves here. How many has actually stuck their tongue to something like that? I want to party with you people. I like it. Uh, So his buddy, uh, 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 Flick, says it won't happen. And Schwartz says, oh, yeah, it will. Oh, yeah, it will. Stick stick your tongue on there. See if it doesn't happen. He says, "Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. That, 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 That's silly. I'm not going to do it. Hey, man, I, I double dare you. Just stick your tongue on that flagpole. And by now they're having this exchange as kids will do. Kids are starting to gather around the flagpole to see what's about to take place, right? It's getting ready to be something worth uh, putting on YouTube or on Instagram, right? So he says, I'm still not going to do it. You you can't make me do it. I think it's silly. So he just says, hey, man, I tell you what, I double dog dare you to do it. I double dog dare you. And then he's still trying to back out because you can tell he knows the truth. He knows the truth, but he still, you know, he doesn't want to admit it. So then his buddy just skips like a couple of steps. He said, I'll tell you what, big dog. I triple dog dare you to do it. Says, okay, you guys know the rest. Puts his tongue on the flagpole, sticks to the flagpole. The, uh, sh- the sheriffs come out. The fire department come out. He's got this big bandage around his, uh, around his tongue. I triple dog dare you to do it is what shorts said to Flick. I don't know if the God of the universe is into triple dog daring anybody. But if ever he were a triple dog dare, hear me congregation, it's concerning the way you handle your finances. I believe that with everything that is inside of me, that he triple dog dares you to do it. From this podium, I have heard many wise things said about various topics. 
One of my favorite that I have heard is hearing the truth and receiving the truth. They are not the same thing. You agree with that? Hearing the truth and receiving the truth, they are not the same thing. I think that applies to our message today and to God's economy. I've also heard this from this very pulpit. Man, this one's rough. Stop begging and start believing. Stop begging and stop believing. And start believing, I'm sorry. Stop begging, start believing. I tell my youth all the time, it's one of our black isms, it's going around, a lot of people know it. Show me your friends and I will. Man, even some of the youth, non-youth spoke up. Hey, youth, we're, we're penetrating to the older crowd. Congratulations. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. You are who you hang around with. And I can tell you, as I look out here and I see my youth, I've got youth that I know for a fact. I know who they hang around with, and I know how they behave. And I give them high fives, man, keep it up. Keep it up. Stay right there. Keep it up. Now, that might have been some premature applause, because I can tell you, I've got youth that don't listen to that. They just do not listen to that. And they continue to hang around the wrong crowd, and they continue to stumble. They continue to fall, and we pick them up. And we pick them up. Hey, man, one of these days you are going to learn that who you hang around with is who you are and who you will become. I said all of that to say this. Don't take financial advice from broke people. I'll take it a step further. Don't take financial advice from broke people. And don't take financial advice from people that do not believe in Jesus Christ. People that don't love Jesus and that don't recognize his economy, that his economy is truly perfect and it reigns eternal, they're not worth your time. They simply are not. I would much rather you make an appointment And you come and visit me and my lovely wife in our office over here at the administrative building. We will sit down with you. We will love with you. We will help you create a budget. And we will help you dig out of whatever type of financial issue you currently are struggling with. And we will do it one at a time. And we will do it day after day after day until there's nobody left to minister to. We will. And you might be saying, hey, Blackie, what, what makes you so, you know, why, why are you able to render this type of help? How can you counsel somebody on this? I can tell you because for over 20 years now, I've been knee deep in the battle for people's personal finances and their spiritual lives. And in this very church, with the, with the help of the Starling family, we've conducted five financial peace classes. And I can tell you that the graduates of said financial peace classes in that amount of time have paid off almost million of personal debt. That's a fact. $3 million. During that time, I have seen four families become completely debt-free, including their home. One of them, bless her heart, is a single teacher whose uh, husband ended up running out on her. And she had to support two kids and a mortgage on a teacher's salary. On a teacher's salary. 
and she did it, and she's debt-free, and she absolutely is a walking testimony of what can be done when you kick the world's economy out of your brain and you invite nothing but God's economy in. I've seen it. I see two faces out in this crowd today, too, since we've got four families in this church that have become financially free with no debt, including the home. There's two more families out here that I see present, and they're going to be number five, and they're going to be number six. It's coming real close. It's coming real, real close. In fact, one of them is almost 90 years old, and when he took financial peace, he told me, Blackie, I will not die owing somebody money. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. So we're on our way. We need to take financial advice from the greatest giver the world has ever known. Giver. The most famous Bible verse ever that everybody knows. Even people that don't believe in Jesus know John 3.16. And what it tells us is that God gave. He gave. He's such a giver that he gave his perfect son to die for our transgressions. Now there's never going to be, if you are a believer in the house today, there's never going to be a gift better than that. But can we all get a little head nod and say that God is a giver, that he gives. And if you're going to be a Christian and you're going to walk this walk and you're going to dedicate yourself to not being one of those people that just shows up here on Sunday and we squeeze Jesus in just a little bit and you're really going to be the, the person God wants you to be and you refuse to not show up, you're not just playing church. You refuse not to play church. If that's who we're going to be, then we have to understand that giving is an important part. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're such a giver. Thank you that you call me to be a giver. Thank you for the money and the blessings that you give me that I can live and I can perform gifts of giving. I want to be a giver. I want to be a giver. I want to close by repeating a statement that I made earlier when reporting on our church's given to mission work. So I, again, I want to leave you with this. As a church, and as individuals in our church, are we financially healthy because we give? Or do we give because we are financially healthy? Praise God, the answer to both of those is yes. It is yes. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, not an easy topic to deal with, can be offensive to some, but Lord, your word is clear that you want to prosper us, that you want us to be givers, that you don't want us to be slaves. Father, your word is so strong, and what a roadmap it is. So Lord, even though this message, we, we geared it more toward our high school graduates because we want to get out in front of them. We want to put your word out in front of them before the world starts to attack them. Lord, I have a special prayer and a special place in my heart today for members of our congregation if we're struggling financially. Father, let them know that you are the source. 
that it all belongs to you, Lord. And that it is an act of obedience when you give back to God's kingdom. It's sheer act of obedience when you give back to your kingdom. Lord, I lift you high today. Thank you for your presence here. And thank you for prospering River of Life the way that you do. I would ask that you would continue to be with our staff and our board. And as the monies from your people pour in, that we be good stewards of it. And we continue to feed and love and get your word out in war-torn countries. Be exalted here today, Lord. Your word is so, so good. You're precious and you're holy. In your mighty name we do pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for viewing this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can also call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life Live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.